Welcome back again to Profitable Powerhouse Properties with the AHI Group. I am, of course, Jonathan Cook, and with me as always... Ryan Jenkins. How's everybody doing today? Everyone's doing good. Today with us, we have Phil and Mark from Onsite Pros. Guys, welcome. Thanks. Welcome to our lovely. Welcome yes. to our lovely hotel room. We are again in Nashville. We we recorded with uh, Kelly and and David the other day, yeah. all up here. But we're, but we're back in the same room, same setup, microphones on the table, ready to go. Beautiful city view out the window. Oh yeah, it's bright. Top the JW Marriott Hotel. So absolutely beautiful cranes. Beautiful, beautiful yes. There's there is grass on the roof of a civic center beside us, which was confusing for a little bit. Cranes everywhere. There are cranes as far as Nashville the eye can is see. Booming, yes. Yeah, it is. Whew. All right, guys. Well, let's uh, let's introduce these guys. Phil, Mark, why don't y'all tell us a little bit about onside pros and what 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 y'all come to this industry doing and and where y'all come from. You bet. Well, my name is Phil Owen. I'm the CEO of Onsite Pros and. We're a third-party property condition reporting company. Uh, we were founded in San Antonio, Texas by a property manager named James Alderson. And anybody who's been in or around the property management uh, industry understands the importance of doing excellent move-in, move-out, and periodic reports on the property. And uh, they also understand the, the time struggle that it presents in doing them and doing them well. James was feeling that in his own business and uh, got to a point where he said, hey, I want to find a third party who can do this and do it better than I can do it and not have to invest the time that it takes because it, it was just keeping him from being successful in everything else he needed to do in his business. So he started looking for a third party to do it and uh, couldn't find one. So he got together with some of his, his uh, property manager friends and said, hey, if we all band together a few of our properties, we can keep somebody busy. And so he started a company to do it. And we have grown across the nation. We're now in 10 states and 23 markets across the country. Uh, and our job is to do move in, move out, and periodic reports on uh, behalf of, of our clients uh, to be able to put people into a position where it is no longer the landlord or the property manager versus the tenant. There's an independent neutral third party that's documenting the condition of the property. And so that's kind of what we've done. We've had our head in this business for uh, about almost 10 years now. And uh, learn, learn a lot along the way. I'm going to jump in. We take pride in being uh, neutral. Uh, we, we really do. We protect property managers as far as showing this is how the property was before and after. Obviously, yeah. like every property management does, but her party helps in that. Uh, but then also, uh, tenants love it because we're showing how the property was prior. They're not going to get held responsible for those things that are there. So I'm having so a really hard time that. listening to you after you flashed that Tennessee T on your side. <laughs> 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 uh, just so everybody knows, this is a, a nice black argyle pattern with a beautiful orange T on the uh, on the socks there. And, then, so. and then there's some history, so, and, uh, you know, I mean, y'all realize y'all realize our listeners are like national know, and global, know, and know, know. and their their idea of Alabama's rivalry with Tennessee is nothing, right? They don't they don't even get that I'm an Auburn fan and you're an Alabama fan, and that's kind of a big deal. But Jonathan, they need to be educated. They should be educated. All right, so we're stopping the podcast about property management. We're going to talk about college football and the SEC and the importance of. Well, let's let's talk about Philip Fulmer for a little bit. Can we throw that out there? Rivalry before we continue with talking about on site. So Mark comes to town and stays with me in my house, and, and downstairs in my uh, my suite, I'll call it, uh, man cave, if you will, uh, it's all Alabama. It's all Alabama national championships. It's all, you know, Nick Saban pitchers everywhere. It's making devil, excuse <coughs> me, <laughs> made him right. very uncomfortable. And, of course, we selected that room for Mark to sleep in, knowing, was, knowing his allegiance to Tennessee. So. Well done. There was well, I mean, luckily, you know that if you go to his house, he won't at oh, least yeah. have as many national championship <laughs> things to hang there was out. Everything. That was uncalled for. <laughs> <laughs> there was Look, if he came over to mine, I'd be in the same boat. I got two. <laughs> We got 1959 and 2010. Everything but a mural of Saban on the <laughs> ceiling watching me sleep. It was very awkward. It turn, was. You I just turned pictures know. around. You know, I'll, so. I'll fix that before you. Yeah, no. okay. please do. Please do. But but they didn't notice that I. Uh, they couldn't see that I did flash my my uh, UT socks uh, yeah. while Phil was yeah. talking. And I'm sorry, Phil. I, I interrupted you. No, I'm glad we handled that nice. Glad, glad we got to have that. this conversation. <laughs> right. It's important for the listeners to know how how tentative this relationship is. <laughs> That's right. It's, uh, 
It's it's always it's just the point that you can work past anything. I it mean, can fall. Right. Our relationships <laughs> can fall apart at any moment. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> look, look. I I had my my wonderful moment. Uh, when was that? Friday when we got up here. Between you and Trent, uh, yeah. Between me and Trent Ratliff was like, hey. So wait, are you now? No, you're an Auburn fan. Excuse me, I've got to walk yeah. off. Georgia. All right, whatever, yeah, Bulldogs. Stretch of Georgia boys. All right, look, SEC rivalry. I know. I know we've got Georgia listeners. I see it. I look at the stats. I see where these listeners are coming from. Hey, I told you, my my girlfriend got her doctorate from Auburn. So congratulations Eagle, to your girlfriend, War Eagle, man, War Eagle. Yeah. I'm, right. Hey. Yeah. Fist bump. Yeah. Go balls. Right. Rocky I mean, Top or whatever I'm supposed to say. Yeah. Yeah. Eat it, Saban. Anyways. Somebody's got to beat y'all. So Phil, you mentioned kind of back to one side pros. You mentioned. 10, 10 years. Yes, so is that is that when James formed? Was ten years ago? Yeah, that was that was when the the concept was was originally founded. It was, it was just over nine years uh, okay. now. Was when he very first started that that process with some some other buddies in the property management industry and said, hey, you know, it was never intended to be a national company that served anything mm-hmm. outside of like he really founded it for his business. Yeah, like it was it was just to serve he and his buddies. Uh, because they needed it in their business, uh, and then as as uh, they started using it, other people started going, "Well, hey, can you guys do our properties? Hey, can you guys do our properties?" And then other cities started going, "Hey, can you what come do us? that in Houston? Yeah. Can you come yeah. do that in Austin?" And it yeah. it kind of grew from there. But yeah, it was it was a little over nine years ago that uh, that he first started the concept. Yeah. Uh, can we talk about the importance of? I mean, I know you you mentioned from the tenant side. Oh, that damage wasn't there. But can we talk about the 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 importance of a pre walkthrough inspection, a move in, a periodic, and a, and a move out inspection? Just from a property management standpoint, Brian, can I get your opinion on like or your your views on the why that's so important to every person that's that's really involved in it and and really the homeowner? Well, it protects the interest of the homeowner because you're establishing a baseline. So you start with the move in, you're establishing the baseline of move in. And then, obviously, the periodic is there to check the condition of the property, mid-lease term. So you're getting an idea, how's the tenant taking care of the property? We can see their financial performance. We Mm -hmm. see tenant requests, maintenance work orders. But until you're in the property and uh, you're looking at it, you're looking at it through those eyes. Thank you, Jonathan. (laughs) (laughs) Just, Just determining if there's something, some behavior that needs to be addressed, uh, any damages to the property, or if they're taking good care of the property. Sure. And then obviously when they go to move out, so then you're doing that comparison against the move-in to determine what's normal wear and tear, what's damage above, okay. you know, above and beyond, and then what's what's tenant-related. Uh, and at the same time, the other piece of that that you identify, and, and using on-site pros, same thing. You use the, the report that comes to you, and you determine is there any deferred maintenance that needs to be addressed. You can okay. actually recommend to the owner. Something might be like restaining the back deck or pressure washing or resealing windows, something down the road that needs to be addressed, but you want to put it on the radar so that we're, we know it's upcoming. We know we're going to have to uh, set aside some funds to take care sure. of those repairs, and it's preserving the property. Um, one of the things you were talking about was <clears throat> normal wear and tear. Guys, can I get y'all's, how y'all handle something that, wh- where do y'all draw the line between, all right, this is normal wear and tear, on, let's just use carpet, because that's that's the easiest, with carpet and and wall paint, the, the necessity between uh, these, there's little scratches here. There's, you know, there's some footprints here, but I mean, how much of that can you say when you guys are out at a property? When, when do y'all say this is normal wear and tear? Or when do you say, Hey, they, they've really messed this up. This is something that we need to charge the tenant back on. All right. So I'm Mark Innes. I'm the director of operations for onsite pros. And a lot of times we try to not have an opinion. Okay. We are going to exactly. Um, If we come across anything that is not uh, like it should have been when they moved in or something Mm -hmm. like that, we're going to point it out and we're going to leave it to the property manager to decide if that's normal wear and tear or if that uh, is is tenant caused damage. Okay. Uh, And we go as far as to describe the. the damage that we are pointing out. So, so it's it's we do an overview picture and then a close up of the picture. Overview for context, close up, and then we'll actually describe. You know, that's a that's a two inch scuff on the wall, and Brian's going to go, ah, that's that's normal wear and tear, yeah. or whatever. But we're not going to say, but this is normal wear and tear. Yeah, so, they are literally reporting the condition of the property. 
And that's that's one of the things I liked. And the other thing I always liked, there were two things really. The smell test was awesome. I don't understand uh, what that means. The smell test, we'll get into that in a minute. And then the other piece was the overall summary. So anything you picked out and they summarize it for you, just like a home, and, a home sure. inspection report basically. We will actually describe actually in each room the hints of of cherry or burnt oak that we have. <laughs> uh, you know, that, that. Like it's like a nice, it's like a nice glass of uh, bourbon. See, it had hints. Open the hickory. You know, we put, we added the splash of water to really open it. We cleaned the palate before That's we right. enter the room. We have so. orange sherbet on uh, on like the man. He's walked through and just. Boop. But talking about odor, so I mean, a lot of things you face in the property management industry, uh, odor odor wise, would be cooking odors, pet odors. Odors, smoking, uh, if smoking, that's allowed. Yeah, right. Yeah. Or even if it's not allowed. Smoke some things. You know, they still want you to smoke outside. You can just smoke some things. Whatever is smoked in the so, Well, the and even smoking outside. If they're smoking right outside the yeah. door, you can still smell that inside. And a property manager okay. or a homeowner wants to know that because that's an expensive issue to remedy. Yeah. Uh, you know, if, if, if they've allowed smoke to travel in and be part of the property, that's a, that's a problem. I've been, in a, uh, I've been in a property. Sorry, Phil. Uh, but I've been <laughs> in a property where... There was a spittoon uh, right outside the window, and it, it I mean, this, the smell in that room was bad. Uh, so, so go ahead and Google spittoon, everybody. And, uh, I'm making a face. Y'all can't see my face. I'm making a face. Oh, uh, we've seen everything. Go ahead, Phil. No, but back to your original question. Mm-hmm. As a third party for us, it's important for us that we don't try to ascribe, because We've got, you know, in a particular city, we may have 50 or 100 clients, all of whom have a different way of defining, well, do we consider this tenant damage? Do we consider this normal wear and tear? So we just have to document the issues that exist and let our clients. But if you're asking for counsel on how do you determine as a homeowner, as a property manager, is it damage from the tenants or is it normal wear and tear? In general, my counsel would be it's always wear and tear. Sure. I'm just kidding. Nice. Um, no, but it, it is something that for us, we don't get into that because everyone's standards are different. So we we document the issue that exists okay. and let the property manager well, the, or the landlord decide. Well, the professional decide. standard that's adopted by our industry actually goes back to the home, home builder's uh, chart, chart of life expectancy per building product. Okay. It's typically what everybody reflects to. So and how that would work is if... You know, you just paint the property before somebody moves in, and you use, it's called a flat latex wall paint. Okay. That's about a five-year lifespan on that in, in a residential rental situation. And then they lease it for two years, so and then you have to repaint it. So in reality, you're prorating that. They've gotten two years' worth of lifespan out of it. They're paying for the three years that were, were not utilized, right? Sure. Because they messed up the paint. So you're charging them for that amount. You can't charge them for a full repaint. Mm. Yeah. And we've gone to court with that several times. Judges like it because it's a standard. It's referenced against the standard. uh, And they like to see you do that consistently. So that that tends to be the standard within the industry. One of the things that I I like the way that that becomes such a, like, a, a, a put it in this box. And it, and it just measures, it's just a numbers thing. So it's not an opinion. So I like that. But one of the things that I'm hearing about from Phil and Mark is the way that they do the inspection of just, if it is in any way, not, not, you know, perfect, we're going to, we're going to notify it. We're we're going to, there's going to be a photograph of it, which, and the reason why I say that is because I do walk through inspections for homes before we own them. And so like I, I, I go and I take inspection photographs and, you know, I help determine like what all needs to be done. There are so many times that I walk into a room and be like, yeah, the walls need to be painted and I'll just take one little picture of it. Because I'm like, oh, that's wear and tear. I, I know that I'm not taking a individual picture of every single scuff and scrape. and th- right. like. So the difference is I, I can walk into a room before, but I know we're going to do this whole thing. Mm. In my brain, I walk in, yeah, this is going to be done. Just a picture of the room. Oh, this is going to be a picture of the room. But like a homeowner that, that already owns it, I don't do our periodic inspections. I don't do move-ins, move-outs. The, the, the difference in level of detail, mm. even when it is like, yeah, you, you want to see this picture, yeah, we're not going to do anything about it to right now because it's that it is just a tiny little smudge on the wall. But the fact that it's there will give the homeowner okay. Well, this is the smudge on the wall right here. And then five, you know, tenants down the road, mm. this this smudge in the wall because 
whether let's let's say it's something from like a chair rail or something. Mm. Okay, well it's getting used over and over. It's that smudge is getting bigger and bigger over two or three tenants. Okay, well I, I saw where it started from, and yeah, where that is something that is almost unpreventable. I mean, it's just a chair thing. You know it's going to happen, but it's at this point, it's gotten bad enough. Yeah, there's a reason that chair yeah. rail is there, and it's because you know that the chairs are going to hit that part Exactly. Like, that's right. just going to happen. So yeah. it's it's very interesting to hear that from a, we're going to take a picture of all of it, mm-hmm. whether it's something that we're not going to worry about, or it's something that is like, yeah, you need, oh, there's a hole in the wall. you right. got to fix that. Okay, well, yeah. it's there's a pinhole in the wall. Right. So it's, it's different, because I know that I wouldn't take a picture of a pinhole. Mm-hmm. Or, or a scuff like those right there on that wall in this hotel. There's some scuffs on a wall. I wouldn't take a single picture of that wall. Right. I would be like, it's fine, and walk out. And see, this is exactly what we're looking for. Yeah. Right here. And I, would, and I, wouldn't, I wouldn't take a picture of every individual scuff. I can get all of those in a close-up yeah, you just, and yeah. show that this portion of the I think, wall is covered. I think Mark did that just for effect. That was, that was clever. That oh, man. That's smart. That was smart. He's like, look, I'm going to give us a visual aid. I know I the listeners aren't going to have it, but but we can talk about the, it. Visual aids are very helpful with podcasts. Yeah, they sure are. That's my favorite way to do a I'm podcast. I'm the one that originally pointed it out. <laughs> look, guys, we're pulling out some charts and some bar graphs. And listeners, y'all just imagine what I'm talking about here. There's a circle right here. There's some lines, and here's a bar graph. Will rewind this? right now. They will find <laughs> Brian is the one that said, "If you look over there, that wall." <laughs> so, but it, it is. It, it, it's for us, you know. And and even you, you mentioned pinholes. You know, we're sure. not going to take if if they've left thirty nail holes in a wall. We're not going to take thirty pictures. Yeah, but you're going to take, take a picture, picture that's of representative yeah, of it, and we're going to say there are multiple nail holes in a wall. Yeah, yeah. You know? we so. teach we teach our folks to tell the story. Yeah. of the property. That's right. That's a good way okay. Right. So, so if 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 there are a lot of nails hole on the nail holes in the wall, mm-hmm. we have to be able to tell that story. That's right. We want the the property manager and the owner to be able to understand. There's a lot of holes in this wall. So so it's not going to be an overview and, and a lot of holes. It's going to be yeah, four the, or five pictures. I think one of the toughest things for us is you know when we're educating investors uh, and clients, and I put those in two different baskets because. They're two different mindsets. So an investor understands, uh, more so understands, normal wear and tear. The process okay. of leasing, the process of uh, turning a property, rehabbing a property at some point, where an, an individual homeowner that's really not an investor and they're renting by default of whatever nature, there's an emotional attachment to that. Mm. It's not a financial attachment. That's there, but it's it's an emotional attachment. That's huge. And thereby, that one little scuff has a totally different reaction. Again, visual age, but uh, the one little scuff has a different meaning to that homeowner. And it wasn't until I actually had a property that Sherry and I actually built when we got married. We lived in it for three years and then moved out and I rented it for 12 and a half. And that property over all my other properties, I mean, even me, I know I know what this is, and I still had an yeah. emotional attachment to that house mm. because I lived there with my wife and my kids. Because that was your house. Yeah, it was my yeah. house, and uh, and you have to think past that. But it's uh, I just went through the process with the uh, owner earlier this week, been a long term client, eight years, and uh, so we had an issue where we've had two tenants in eight years, and you know she's wanting to charge the last tenant for, for paint. And it's like, you know, pull life expectancy chart out, show her all this. We've already explained it to her on the front end, but it's it's like, I want to charge. Well, you, you, you know, you're not going to be able to charge us. No distinct damage or anything that was tenant-related above yeah. the wear and tear that mm-hmm. needs to be done. But in order to rent it back out again, you're going to need to paint the wall. Sure. You know, it's been nine years since you painted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You eight years worth of tenants, nine years since you painted. You're going to have to do it. But that's that's the cost of, of doing business as a rental mm-hmm. property owner. So yeah, so just understanding that and understanding that um, products within the household have life expectancy and duration. Um, but that's that's where we get into it. And really back to what you were just talking about. When you're viewing a property, we don't yet have it under management. Correct. So you're assessing it. I am assessing. And then we're it. shifting gears, and then all of a sudden it's a relationship, and we have duties that are yeah. around in there. So. And we're protecting our client, we're protecting the client asset, and that's where you guys are such a valuable tool to us. Absolutely. Uh, do y'all want to talk about a little bit about, I mean, the, the time frame it takes y'all to get out to a property? This has been, I mean, because we're in-house. If, if we sent, you know, one of our guys out to something, like, we know mm. when the move-out's going to be. We, we have an idea of, of that time frame. How does, how does a property management company 
get that transition to you guys or get you that information. To, y'all don't have access to our app folio and property wear right. and know when we all don't get a, a notice to vacate like I do. I mean, right. I mean like how, how do y'all know when y'all need to be out there? How is that scheduled? How is something yeah. like that worked out? Well, and obviously it's different on move in and move out okay. as it is on periodics. Mm. Uh, but on, you know, on a move in, normally at the point you've had the house Least. rehabbed okay. and it's, it's ready to go. Mm-hmm. You can contact us at that point and go, Hey, go do a move-in report. Sure. You know, you don't have to have the tenant moving in that sure. day. You just want to wait until everything that's going to be done from a maintenance perspective between tenants is done so that you're showing it in the condition that you prepared it for the tenant. Yeah. So if you know, hey, tenant moved out on the 18th, I've got vendors coming on the 19th, 20th, and 21st, you might tell us, hey, come on the 22nd, we got a tenant moving in on the 23rd or 24th, you know, whatever. Yeah. So whatever that timeline, and it's different for different people who use different vendors, whatever. So you know what it's going to take to get the house ready. Mm-hmm. Just make sure that the house is done because you don't want to have us go out and do a report and then have the carpet changed. Correct. Because right. now you're not protecting that new carpet. Yeah. You know, if it wasn't in the property when we did the move-in report, it's not protected by our report. So you want to make sure all the maintenance is done. So just when the maintenance is done, let us know. We'll go out and do a move-in report. What is y'all's, what is y'all's turnaround rate? So if I called y'all today for mm. a property that I needed y'all out tomorrow at. Is mm. that something that y'all could handle or do y'all need a few more, lead, a little bit more lead time than that? We ask for 48 hours. Okay. Uh, business, two business days. Sure, okay. Uh, is basically what we ask for. We can do uh, same day and next day. Mm. Uh, it's not always possible. We don't promise that. And yeah. we do charge a rush fee. Okay. Uh, if somebody calls and goes, oh my gosh, I forgot. I got a tenant moving in today. Okay. I'll go out and do this report. Yeah. We have to cancel other reports, pull people off of that and go do that. Uh, but we ultimately, we, we get it done, you know, okay. uh, but if, if we have two business days, uh, we're going to get it taken care of for you. So on the flip side of that is on a periodic, you're going to have to schedule that. That's what I was about to call. That's what I was about to ask. So That's right. Touch upon that a minute. Yeah. So on a periodic, really all you do is, you know, and it depends on how many doors you got, but if, if you're managing three, 400 doors, uh, you might say, Hey, we've got these 30 jobs that need to be done this month. You send us an email and say, hey, here's the address, here's the tenant's name, here's the tenant's email address, here's the tenant's phone number. We've got a call center that calls and starts scheduling those reports for you. See, um, to me, that's so valuable because mm-hmm. I know how many people are in our office mm-hmm. and, and us scheduling stuff between who who I would use to do a periodic. Would be right. like, if, I, if I didn't have access to you guys, I'm sitting here trying to think like, would that be me? Would I have to go do that? Mm. Would I send Thor? Who would I send out to do that? And I'm sitting here going like, Did you just well, say Thor? Yeah, we have a Thor. Thor. Have Thor. He's amazing. the god of thunder. It's crazy, That's guys. That's terrific. Uh, when, no. he's, when he's describing his name on the phone, it's like, no, Thor. Like, you know, have a hammer, Thor. Yeah. Oh, every time. It's great. But when, I, when I'm sitting there. Well, now he has an axe. Anyway. Well, it's it's a hammer axe. Hammer. No spoilers. He's got his no hammer spoilers. back. Oh, okay. sorry, sorry, sorry. Hey, Endgame has I'm been I'm kidding, out. I'm kidding. If, if, if this is a spoiler to any of our listeners, sorry, guys. You're not sorry. that interested. But my, my point is, is, like, if I'm sitting here thinking about who I would get to do that and how we would schedule that, I'm sit, I would sit here and have to think about, what other jobs they would be doing and having to tell get them to to figure out when it works well, for them yeah, and then bounce that you, back to the tenant because that's not going to be their only job. We schedule it right now. So a couple of years ago, we adopted the practice of when you sign the lease, you also sign basically a an addendum okay. indicating you're going to have an inspection performed on this date. Oh, we actually preset a date. Tenant consent, right? So. And we'll put it on a Google calendar and we just stretch it out. That's our that's our walkthrough calendar for periodics. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you can forecast out however many weeks in advance you want to and know and just place your order and then it's it's continuous. That's good. You have to be organized in that respect, otherwise yeah. you're not gonna be able to do that. I mean but we the, the tenant is still contacted yeah, still you know, beforehand. Like, are hey, they, by are the they way present for that or uh, they don't have to be present. Yeah. No. And that's something that we actually our insurance and we right. recommend highly against uh, them being there. No, against them not being there. Okay, uh, for a periodic simply because. What's different from the management company versus a third party vendor? Because we're the same boat. We don't let our vendors go out to the house. It's right. not tenants not there. I did speak to one of the property managers here uh, night one. We were talking. One of the things that they've done is we have GPS on all of our vehicles. Mm. They've they've gone a step further. Done the GPS, the dash cam. Okay, because you can buy those cameras for next to nothing right. now. And then they've started to use a police body cam for their oh folks. Word. Oh, yeah. Right. The body that's cam incredible. thing, that's 
And, and basically, I like the idea of the body cam. Protecting the employees going through against any claims of theft. Yeah. Or Isn't it a shame you have to it do is. that? It's but, crazy. but that's the fact is you go into a property that nobody's there, and then all of a sudden you get a, a call that says, Hey, this morning my great grandmother's priceless pearl necklace was, was on the counter. And now it's gone, and you guys were the only ones on the property. And if you can't defend yourself against that, now the onus is on them to prove that you stole it. Right. But sure. at the same time, it takes a lot of time and resources to go through that process with them. Right. And, and, a complete story so, of that. I'll finish up before we kick off. But it's um, there was a ring involved. Of so course, the guy there was. comes and wears the office out. They're out of South Carolina, and uh, lo and behold, you know they they do all this stuff, and. Some time goes by. The next contact they have with the tenant, it's like, oh, yeah, hey, we got this maintenance concern. Well, you know, when you get a vendor up there, oh, how's, did you hear anything else on the ring? Oh, yeah, yeah, we found that weeks ago. It was, you know, somebody <laughs> came in and took it. It was a housekeeper and tried to pawn it. And because I filed the police report, police caught on to it, notified me. Mm. But did they bother to call the property manager back right. and say, hey, by the way, sorry to accuse you guys. Yeah. By the way, we found it. So, but no, it was uh, it was our own maid service that they'd hired in and yeah. not screened and you know, friend of a friend type thing. <laughs> yeah. So, mm. and I, I, I mean, I, the thing is, what if in like in that instance, somebody really did take a thing? And and I think a lot of our listeners are probably sitting there going like, yeah, you can claim any somebody took anything, even if they didn't, just for mm-hmm. insurance money, blah blah blah. But like, that's got to be from a tenant's perspective. What if something really did just disappear? And yeah. let's say maybe they lost it. Maybe it was a cat. Mm. Who knows? But like in their brain, they're like the only person that was here was you. Yeah. Ah. I'll yep. tell you, remind me just, to tell you a cat story before we get off here. So go for it. I would oh, love to hear a cat story. So this is tied to our corporate housing company, and uh, I could see a vendor doing this because we we did it in one of our corporate apartments years and years ago. So so there's a maintenance request to swap out a washing machine. So our customer service guys they they bring a washing machine over, and in the process of this. You know, the one thing that the tenant said, don't let my cat out. So when they come in, the cat darted and ran up under the bed, and they think, oh, the cat's under the bed. And then they inadvertently left the apartment door open in the transfer somehow, and they see a cat outside. And they're like, oh, crap, man, we let this cat out. <laughs> they, they spend an hour, they spend an hour corralling this cat. And this cat was not happy to be corralled. <laughs> so I know where the story's going because I've heard this it, before. They're getting clawed up. It's a male cat. He's mean. I mean, they, they catch him. They put him in the apartment as they're leaving. They close the door. And then they get a call from the tenant. It Y'all traumatized my cat? Wasn't, no, no, no. no, no it no, wasn't no. their cat. I know. <laughs> their cat was up under the bed. Now, they put a tomcat in the apartment with their cat. So now we're looking so. to give away some kittens. <laughs> if the listeners would like a kitten, please contact uh, Brian. That was that's a story that has lasted through the age. That's been I, I kid you not. That's been probably close to twenty years. I actually, ago. I've heard yeah. that was probably I heard that story probably within the first week and a half I was yeah. at age. And the funny thing was, so we uh, that, at that is that hilarious. Point, there, were, there were two partners. Ralph had a, another partner on the corporate housing side, and it was his nephew that was working uh, during the summer. And he just felt so bad. And if you ask John to this day, he'll he'll be like, oh, it just makes him, it brings him to tears. That's, I mean, that is so hilarious. Oh, God, we let that cat out. You know, we got to go was, get that cat. The weird part was when they actually found a dog and put it in there as well. Yeah. And they, they went above and beyond. I mean, the, 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 the corporate tenants walk in there and it's like a zoo. Who knows so, what you know, happened? Since we're on pets, we like to talk about pets. Oh, yeah. The benefit of these guys coming, you know, we talked a little bit off air about this, but. Kind of touch upon, you know, what what's the mindset of the tenant when you get there versus the property management coming mm-hmm. out, and let's let's talk about hey, you know, the uh, the, the evidence of pets. Component, uh, we so. we have recently talked about pet screening, and you know, sometimes they won't tell you when they have a pet, and we've really? recently they don't yeah, tell you? sometimes, <laughs> and we actually before we left and came to Nashville, we had some pet issues back at the office, and so. Let's talk about what happens when you guys find a pet. Yeah. Well, first of all, the, the interaction uh, with the tenant and the uh, a third party as opposed to the property management company. Uh, sometimes if the tenant is upset, 
you absolutely want that buffer in between you and the and the tenant or right. the property manager and the tenant. Uh, and we have the luxury of holding our hands up going, I, I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't know. I'm sorry you're upset. Which, which one? I'm just trying to do, I'm, I'm just trying to do my job. Yeah. Right. And then, uh, so that, that is absolutely beneficial to the property management company. Uh, but then, um, but then also uh, as far as pets go, a lot of times we don't know if they're supposed to have a pet or not. But we always, always point out, that, you know, if they know we're coming, they're going to send the, the pet uh, that's not supposed to be there, send it to a, a neighbor house. or a grandma's house, sometimes. whatever, <laughs> uh, sometimes or, you know, or you know, whatever. Well, but, uh, um, uh, but, but a lot of times they'll, they, they won't go as far as to clean the feces up mm-hmm. out of the sure. backyard. And, and we have trained our technicians to make sure we point that out. And, uh, uh, and we play, pay close attention uh, sometimes we won't know if the scratches on the door at the bottom of the door that are well, obviously those are from the large squirrels that left right. a large species in the backyard. That's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. but yes. we don't know for sure that's pet. <laughs> Look, for some reason, my four-year-old is just really <laughs> interested in right. scratching doors. <laughs> was, was that a Rottweiler or a feral two-year-old? You don't know. You know. Our, our three-year-old got a hold of steel wool and <laughs> uh, went at it. But but we will absolutely point that out. And our technicians are 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 uh, sensitive to. Uh, they they won't point that out as pet evidence because we don't know for sure that's pet evidence, but we know the feces in the backyard. Sure. Is. So were you at Gill Straps class yesterday? No, I missed it. No, yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah, so I was we're, for a we're bit. talking about the percentage of pets, and the guy in the row back's like, "Oh yeah, I got a very low. I only have a few pets," and it's like. Uh, they're just not telling you. Yeah. So, yeah. You do. <laughs> yeah. You have plenty of pets. You have a record of only a few yes. pets. That's right. You don't know how well, many pets you have, and I apologize. And that's the thing, is there are so many telltale signs that you can look for. Mark mentioned the uh, you know, one of the one of the best is the walking around in the backyard looking because they'll clean up the pet bowl, they'll clean up the, the pet bed, you know, they'll get the, the dog or cat out of there, but they're not going to go back up and clean the, the backyard, you know. No. So walk around, and look for it there. The 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 odor, yeah. You can smell. You can smell yeah. if there's a pet on the property. Yeah. And so even if you don't see it, if you don't see any evidence, take note of it. You mm-hmm. know, uh, one of the things that we've learned in this process, and this actually came from one of our clients in Atlanta, is uh, we documented a pet at a property that that we were at, and uh, they got the report and said, "Hey, wait, there's not supposed to be a pet here." called the tenant and said, hey, you're not supposed to have a pet, and yet we documented, our, our, our partners on-site pros documented you had a pet when they were there. And Oh, yeah, we were just looking after my sister's dog. And she said, okay, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come by and just take a look and make sure that everything's okay. You know, Sure enough, property manager does a follow-up, goes back by, and uh, no dog, no smells, no pet bowl, no pet. I mean, all evidence was gone. She starts walking around the house and goes, man, you must really love your sister's dog. It is in all of your family photos. <laughs> so, Hilarious. You know, what I mean, like there's there's a lot of ways to look and, yeah. and, and, and a trained eye being able to kind of think up through those things and go, now wait a minute. <laughs> well, and I can tell you. So, as the owner of two black labs, my wife. Uh, says, I don't know if we've ever mentioned your black labs I don't on the think podcast. So. Not once. Um, but my uh, and I just throw it out there because my wife says it's a one woman battle. Uh, <laughs> we, we actually have two. I robots mm. in our house. Yeah. So they're going every morning. They're programmed for an hour before we go to work, and then I, I hear in there with the dust buster. Yeah. But the thing is, there's always hair evidence somewhere, mm. no matter how clean you want to try to get. That's it. right. That's another telltale sign. And like uh, I've got a boxer and that yeah. short hair stuff. It's in everything. Yeah. Mm. It's everywhere. Yeah. I mean, I drawers, my, my, cabinets. It's in my yeah. dreams. I mean, it's ridiculous. That stuff goes everywhere. Like when we when we like last week we were we were away on vacation and like I was in a room like today that doesn't have dog hair in it. I don't know what to do with myself. <laughs> I'm like, it's not on me. Like I can do this and it's not it's not in my beard. Like it's it's I feel so clean. Guys, it's crazy. <laughs> Yeah, Fido gets a bad rap sometimes, but uh, we yeah, love him. Yeah, we, did. we did. I mean, we, and we're saying you know all this his name stuff. Is Fido? No, his name is <laughs> no. Biggs. Oh, okay. He's a Fido giant. General. He's a giant big boxer, and my wife named him after a rapper. Was what I hear. She told me later. She's like, you know, I thought she was, he's just big. Name him Biggs. He's a big dog. No, like Mr. Biggs, like the rapper. I'm like, I don't know who that is. She's like. I don't know if we can be married anymore. So whatever. <laughs> that, that seems like odd criteria for separation, but I'm not. That, that's is not it my though? Expertise. Is, is it? Is it? 
No, but like, so, I mean, we, we talk, we're talking about dogs right now, but I mean, we, we tell people all the time, you want to let people have their dogs. Mm. Yeah. I think the difference though is the, the few people that claim that they don't, even though we've, we know that the evidence is 70 some odd percent of renters have pets. Mm -hmm. And we also are aware that people will go out of their way to do way more for a dog and they will at times for other regular actual human beings. Mm. So, I mean, it's, that's just one of those things that you want someone that is aware of that and, and trained for it and not like that property manager yesterday said, that's just oblivious and says, I don't have pets. Yeah. Yes, I don't have, yes, you do. And that's the thing is it's, it's knowing that that exists. Yeah. I mean, go ahead and allow it. Cause they're going to be there when yeah. you allow them. I was going to say the national average it. we heard again yesterday was 64%. And yeah. uh, we talked about it in pretty good detail. Yeah, we did. But change the way that you manage the property yeah. as a result of it. And you mentioned Robert Gilstrap. Mm -hmm. A brilliant idea that that he brought to the table was, okay, tenant moves in and says, hey, I'd like to have a, a pet. You say, okay, absolutely, that's no problem. Here are the conditions. You're going to have a pet deposit or pet rent, however you adjudicate that in your, your business. Also, you agree to submit to an every six month pet inspection at your expense, your expense mm -hmm. right. so that we can send somebody out to the property to make sure that the pet is not damaging the property. Cause we've got to make sure that the investment is protected, right? We've got to make sure that that dog or that cat or whatever is not doing damage beyond what your pet and security deposit are going to cover. So just being able to, to know cognitively, okay, there is a pet. Here's what that does to my risk. And if the tenant wants to have a pet, put the onus on them to mitigate that Because risk. like we just the said, cost on them. they will pay that to keep their pet. Right. That's right. Well, and it's it, and along the same line, if you find damage, okay, that's caused by a pet, if we can address it from a periodic perspective and that's not right. at the end of the lease term, those same people that will pay for their pet, they'll pay to have the damage mitigated. Yeah. And we get that corrected and we move on. So, but it, it truly is a condition of the property report. Yeah which is ultimately very important. So it encourages the tenant to take care of the property through the lease, not just at the beginning they do great and then it falls apart, you know. So you're you're checking on it in between. So you ultimately end up in the in the span of a lease term on a one-year cycle, you would end up with a, a move in, a periodic and a move out. So three and three walkthroughs in the course of a 12-month period. And then the other thing that happens is if they end up renewing the lease, we want to try to get in there for that renewal as, as mm. well. So you still get the three per 12-month right. cycle. Today we are busier than ever and struggling to do more while adding value. Global Strategic understands the value of your time. By leveraging custom business process solutions, you can focus on your core competency and save time and money. If you've been dealing with a lost productivity due to sudden staff departure, high rates of turnover, or staff that don't share your vision, they can help. With offices in the U.S. and the Philippines, they provide dual shore 24-7 coverage for their valued partners. If you need to save time and money, but you're not sure how, just give them a call at 855-731-4966 or visit globalstrategic.com for more information. As property managers, property condition reports are a vital part of what we do. But who has the time to do them well? And who can afford to hire a professional to do it for them? Let us show you how. Join OnSite Pros, a national third-party property reporting company, on February the 19th from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. for a free Lunch and Learn workshop. For more information and to learn how to register, visit eventbrite.com and search OnSite Pros. And it's it certainly, and I know you, you guys are fully aware of this, but it's not it's not just about pets. Right. It's about right. making sure that that property is being properly made. Are the air filters being changed? Are the smoke alarm batteries being replaced? You know, is there excessive damage being done? Uh, are there foodstuffs? We we had a, a a client in San Antonio. This story happened before they were our client, by the way. I just want to <laughs> I want to preface this, but uh, uh, got a call on Christmas Eve one year and said, hey, we need to meet you at a property you manage. And went out, policeman in there. He said, what is going on? They said, well, sir, you know, we uh, kept getting uh, calls about brownouts in your, your neighborhood. And brownouts are not where the lights, they don't go out. They just dim and come sure. back and dim and come back. So they called the electric company, couldn't figure out what was going on. So they cut power to the whole neighborhood. 
everything went black except for one tree, sir, and it was or one one house, and it was the house that you manage, and it was lit up like a Christmas tree. So they went and found out that the tenant of that property, who had been in the property for two and a half years, had drilled through the foundation, bypassed the power meter, spiked the power pole, plugged directly into the power uh, transformer. Uh, they were drawing juice directly off the grid, um, and they had installed a UV lighting system, and they had installed a sprinkler system. They had gutted every non-load bearing wall, and they had turned a half a million dollar home into, into a grow house. Right? A, a grow house. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> what? Which, which now, if you do that in Denver, Colorado, uh, that's you an upgrade. You just have to get your permit. Uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's an upgrade. You, you've done sure a favor. Your that's, that's right. But but all that to say. They had not been inside the house in two years. Well, they had no idea that I guarantee that you they paid the rent on time. No complaints. That's the yard exactly was always right. well maintained. So. That's exactly right. Paid wow. cash even. <laughs> right. But, uh, but yeah, those are the things that you've got to be able to get eyes on the property yeah, yes. to make sure. And it's about setting expectations with the tenants. If the tenants know you're coming, guess what? They're not going to spend the money to do all that work. If they know you're going to be there every six months... They're not going to do that to be able to use your house as a grow house for That's the right. period of six months. That's right. If they know, if you've set that expectation on the front end, it's going to change the way they, they behave in the house. It's going to change the way that they, they as use the property. As far as smoke alarm batteries go, I went into a home one time, and there, the chirp on the smoke alarm at the front door yeah. was going off and obviously that's the, the low battery chirp. Sure. And uh, this, this tenant was younger and I asked her, I, I said, how long has how long that been, been chirping? And she said, the whole time I've lived here, is that not the functioning properly chirp? Have you been here 10 months? Yeah, been here 10 months. It's been going the whole time? The whole time, yeah. <laughs> she thought it was supposed to chirp like that, letting her know that the smoke alarm was functioning properly. Now it was gaining power Well, it power couldn't chirp if it didn't have power. <laughs> Clearly. Yeah. It wouldn't be able to make that noise if the batteries weren't there, right? Wow. So we talked about... You know, oh my it. God! I'm, my brain can't fathom that. How right. would you ever sleep? So one ever. Of things, one of the things we were touched upon largely was we talked about reporting the condition of the property, protecting the property. Mm. So I think the smoke alarm piece brings up a huge liability protection yeah. for the owner, for the management company client. So let's, let's talk about. I know you guys just don't go up and push the button. Let's talk about That's what. Right. How you? How do you check the? the Correct. Smoke we 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 use smoke check. It, it's it's smoke in a can. Mm -hmm. So so it's not just pushing the button that says, "Hey, I have power," and "Hey, the horn works." This is actually making the smoke alarm detect smoke, so we know that it is functioning properly. But every every smoke alarm we come across, we are going to take a picture of it in place. We're going to take a picture of the back to show the manufacturer's date. And why is that important? Uh, because uh, the manufacturer's guidelines of the smoke alarm, they state that every 10 years you need to replace that smoke alarm. Yes, sir. What is smoke in a can? <laughs> smoke in a can is... That's a Cheech and Chong movie. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Y'all just have somebody whose job it is just to smoke and... Right. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a mason jar that they just you know, yeah. screw the top back on really no, Y'all got on... Tennessee. That that that's true. It's Uncle Jim Bob out in yeah. the hills. Yeah, they never we, do that. We get our smoke and our corn from the jar. That's right. But, uh, but we no, smoke our corn called pipes. That's, that's true. true. That's right. That's right, but there are multiple brands uh, of of these these this thing. But it's just smoke in a can. Yeah, it's it's aerosol compressed simulated smoke. It's not actual smoke. That's insane. I but didn't what, know that existed. That's yeah. all I'm saying. So I had no what, idea. What it does is basically what you're doing is you're simulating a smoke emergency. Sure. Because what Mark is saying is if you push the button, all you're testing is the horn and the battery. Yeah. So what we do is we simulate the smoke. To see if it'll to actually, see if it'll actually go off yep. in a smoke yep. emergency. So that's so we know for sure, and we're yeah. able to communicate yeah. that uh, to the property manager. This yeah, that's protecting the that's protecting the landlord. I mean, there's some huge liabilities around smoke detectors. Oh, I mean, uh, my, my dad is on the NFPA. It's the National Fire Protection Agency. Yeah. I, I I hear about the smoke alarms yeah. and and the, the time frame on them and how the sensors will go back. Like, right. I hear this all the time. I had no idea there was smoke So you got another can. discussion yeah. with him now about smoking a can. That's oh, right. Oh, yeah. hey, Friday at the Mexican... <laughs> We will be discussing smoking a can. There you go. Oh, we go we go to the Mexican every Friday, and yeah. that we, after last night, are you still going to the Mexican? Though? I will not be going to the Mexican <laughs> tomorrow night. I have already informed Katie. I so want to be going so to the Mexican. We just need to uh, just bring this up, and I know it's a, still a very sensitive. If I would have had a smoke alarm in my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Were you not there? Nashville hot chicken. Yeah, the oh. hot chicken. Were you not yeah. chicken. there? Yeah. The hot chicken did you see me kill yeah. myself I with did, chicken? I did not see that. I'm not sure. Dude, else. he was sitting there. All right, so 
by halfway through the first one, first tender, right? I look over, and I've, I've got video of this. His eyes physically start turning red. His eyes are tearing up to the point where how many of us were like sitting there doing it? To this split. There were six, five, six of you. Yeah, something. And everybody no. was in misery. There's, yeah, there was nobody that was having a good time. There was one guy, the guy to the left of me. He took one bite. I mean, because look, I, the guys at at Filter Easy, I, I picked on them last time that they were in Birmingham because they brought hot chicken. <laughs> Air quotes. And I'm like, okay, let me try this hot chicken. And I, I kind of laughed at it. Well, him. then we walk into Because it was not that hot. We walk into the conference uh, Wednesday Friday. evening. Yeah, Wednesday. Yeah. Run into Andrew Smallwood and he goes, hey, Jonathan, hey, you going to be part of this uh, hot chicken eating contest? Of course I said yes. Sign me up. No problem. Why would I not say yes? <laughs> so fast forward to last night. So they had eight, they only bought eight tenders. How many people were on that roof last night? I mean, how many oh. people were. A hundred? Oh, there are more than yeah, uh, a and, and there's enough chicken for everybody up there to eat until they're like sick. They yeah. bought eight triple X tenders. Eight of them. There was only eight. That's all that was available. That's and they're all like, they needed. There's only five of y'all that are going to do this. And I'm like, okay, fine, whatever. The guy to the left of me, like he takes a bite and he just taps. Just one bite, taps. Like, I'm done. Game <laughs> over. I want to die. And uh, then other guy eats one and he's like screaming and crying and making a big deal out of it. I ate one and it was, I mean, it was hot. It was hot. I ate a second one because I'm a baller, I guess. <laughs> I ate a second one. There are other descriptors. <laughs> well, that is a mistake. Hey, eating that second one was a mistake. I'm willing to admit that. I had a rough night last night, guys. It went from like, yeah, this is okay, to like, this is a little bit hot. There was <laughs> and then it just kept getting worse and if i would have had a smoke detector in my mouth i would have known don't eat that second one what are you doing it's yeah, chirping yeah, yeah. this it's is chirping. not this is not just telling you that your mouth is working hey yeah. Yeah, you messed were, up I think here there were five of you because the other um, there was a guy from uh, point central that uh, they do home automation and all that another vendor so yep. he ended up eating three yeah because he doesn't have internal components <laughs> like i talked right. to him this morning he was like i mean yeah. I'm like, no, no. What are you doing? I, I would have eaten so the third one. Look, I also need y'all to... Just completely removed. Removed. Yeah. I want to let y'all know, if there would have been a third one for me, he ate the last one. If there would have been a third one for me, I would have eaten it out of principle. So he saved your life. He saved my life. I, I almost pulled a lady in the tramp and ate the back half of his chicken tender off because he had it on a fork. I almost just went and did it, and I was like... No, nah, that wouldn't be very classy. And, yeah, I think that... Uh, I'm in a professional I, setting. I was thinking this couldn't get worse, but that would have made the story worse. <laughs> it would have slightly. Uh, yeah. no. But I didn't have a third tender to eat. Which is a good thing. Which is a good thing. But it was a rough night, guys. Yeah. Fire alarms. Yeah. There was damage. There was damage. damage. If y'all would have had a pre-inspection, y'all would have been like, this is tenant damage. This is chicken damage right here. <laughs> it is that tenant's fault. They need to be charged yeah. and thrown in jail. Yeah. The people that made that chicken are... So, just a fun not, story. Not normal wear and tear. That, that is not. a story in relation to that. So, I was having breakfast with a colleague this morning, and our uh, waitress was talking about it, and asked if we'd had any Nashville hot chicken while we were here. So, we started the story, and uh, she had catered a wedding, mm -hmm. and had ordered their uh, Hattie B's, I think the... That's the one that I made fun of. Or something like yeah, that. that's the one I made fun of, Andrew, so, for bringing to Birmingham. But she had opened the pan, the, peeled the, the foil up, and she said, just the aroma that hit my face, my face immediately turned red. And she was like, oh my gosh, this is like fire in a pan. Yeah. yeah. I made fun of that chicken. <laughs> that chicken wasn't hot. What Andrew had for me last night, that was a mistake. <laughs> that was dangerous. I mean, like as soon as I, as soon as I swallowed that first, I'm like, oh, this is a ride, and my 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 eyes just start leaking, and my face, like I have a pretty straight face in the video. I've seen the video. Yeah. I have a straight face. It's just crying, and like it's just sweat, and I'm just like, it's hot. I mean, I'll keep eating it, but it's it's hot, and then it just got worse. It became like. I mean, Richard brought me milk. He's like, please live. Live through the yes, night. Here's Richard, you some milk. Richard was, the, he was a lifeguard last night. He helped a couple of you out. I just like, just laid back. Yeah. I was like, I'm going to die. And, and just for those that may travel to Nashville, Tennessee, that was Prince's. 
They uh, do that's some hot chicken, and they do it right. Oh, man. it was yummy. Yeah, it, was it was good. They, it I, it I was had, tasty had from what I tasted. Oh, yeah, I, mean, I, I didn't have the audacity to go where you went, but uh, man, it was good. I, I, I made it up the medium, and I, I did. Yeah, okay I, with it. I did halfway yeah. through, but I did not. I walked straight in. And they're like, it goes from medium to it goes from mild to hot. I walked straight in, grabbed the hottest ones they had. I'm like, all right, got to prepare. I ate a few of those. Oh, I'm like, I'm prepared. The ones. No, they were not. Then they were like, here's <laughs> the hottest ones. We only have eight of these. Mm. Wow. You clearly don't don't care for your life. You, you don't value. <laughs> you're battered with lava. <laughs> <laughs> you do not value your own existence. How about it? It was fun. Died in liquid hot magma. Oh, my God. So t- why don't we, uh, so we kind of understand the idea of, uh, you know, the importance of, of giving us property condition reports and, and what you guys provide. So, can a couple of questions, I guess. Can an individual investor, if they want to contract with you guys directly mm-hmm. to give them the conditional reports, can they do that? Yeah, absolutely. And we, uh, you can go to our website, Onsite Pros, and that's O N S I G H T P R O S dot com. You can order a report from there. I, I can tell you if you utilize uh, a property manager, you, you get a discount uh, mm-hmm. because they. End up bringing us in more volume uh, because they manage multiple people's properties. But uh, but certainly you can you can utilize our services and we work with uh, with individual investors all across the country uh, to that end. So yeah, absolutely. And then t- let's talk about the different marketplaces you're in. You mentioned uh, I believe ten. Uh, yeah, 10, 10 well, states, ten right? states. Yeah. yeah. So we're in San Antonio, Houston, Austin, Dallas, Fort Worth. Uh, uh, Tampa Bay, St. Pete, Clearwater. Orlando, Melbourne, Jacksonville, Birmingham, Atlanta, uh, Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, Boulder, Colorado, Salt Lake City, Utah, Raleigh, Raleigh, North Carolina, uh, Virginia Beach, Virginia. You know, you, there's a list of it there's on our list. website. I noticed, I mean, you know, you went through the states first, and I'm just going to point this out because it was obvious to me. I don't know if you missed it or not, but he. He wouldn't say Alabama. I know you don't have to say it either. <laughs> he said Birmingham. He said Birmingham. You, you don't. Alabama. You don't have to say it out loud. As a Tennessee fan, there are certain <laughs> words you can't even utter. And let me just uh, say, you know. I love some Birmingham. Birmingham rocks, man. <laughs> Hoover, Birmingham, but oh, one can love Birmingham and not love Alabama. <laughs> well, I always it's, grew up hearing like, "Hey, look, <laughs> you're you live in." Alabama, you don't live in Auburn. I don't know why you're an Auburn fan. I'm like, hey, shut up. <laughs> you're always in Alabama, no matter where you go in the state. <laughs> okay, War Eagle, War Eagle, folks. But uh, thank you guys. Uh, man, it's been great. It's been great. Oh yeah. So Catch what? What? How can they just go to Onsite Pros? That's the best way to, to contact you, you guys. Onsite Pros. There's enough buttons that they can follow you guys. Absolutely. It? Yeah. It'll it'll tell you a little bit more about what we do more in detail and how we do it, why we do it, and mm. uh, give you an opportunity that you can order or contact us from there. And sample uh, reports are on there. Absolutely. Yeah. Top right hand corner, you can see a sample move in and move out. Yeah. I, I will tell you the difference between a move in, move out, and a periodic, real quick. Move in or move out, we're taking a picture of every square foot. And whether you're utilizing us or whether you're doing it yourself, uh, highly recommend this as your approach. On a move in and move out, you're taking a photo of every square foot of the property, whether it's damaged or not. Okay. Because you're setting the baseline so that later if the tenant says, no, it was like that, you've always got a before photo. Correct. You yeah, don't early, know where the damage I'll is going to be. I'll tell you, early on in our management career, when we first started, the, the principle and the practice was take pictures of the damage. Mm. Even on the uh, the moving, so you do an overall, but really, again, back to the the point of documenting every square mm-hmm. foot of the property. Because yeah. you're going to come back and you're going to reference that. At yeah, some point. that's right. What would you say to a property manager that says, "I just give a piece of paper to my tenant and have them fill out the, the damages"? Say what? What error are you managing property right? in? First <laughs> we, we do run across that. And, and, uh, uh, that, uh, I, that seems like a joke. I mean, like, <laughs> no, but there's still people out there doing that, unfortunately, and it's uh, self-reporting. Self-reporting, and some states require some self-reporting, but you'll find that professional managers are also doing their own reporting. So even if they're, you know, and we'll take uh, George as an example. Mm. So those managers are required to meet them at the property and go through with a conditional report, but they've already done the level of reporting that we're talking about yeah. in advance to meeting the tenant out there. And by the way, we have a product for that aspect too, like the state of Texas. You're required to allow the tenant to submit their own uh, okay. inventory and condition report. And we have a product called well. My Walkthrough, yep. uh, dot com. And that puts an app in the hands of the tenant 
That's to cool. supplement your own report right. so that you can do your move-in and then the tenant can do their move-in. Mm-hmm. Then at the end of the lease, if they come back and say it was like that, you go, well, we didn't catch it on our move-in report and you didn't catch it on your move-in report. Uh, did you, you damage it when you were moving in? Yeah, so, right. You know. So, but, but yeah, so on a move-in, move-out, you want to capture every square foot. Right. On a periodic, you got a tenant in the home, you want to respect their time, you want to respect their privacy. Mm-hmm. You get overviewing issues. You're really only taking photos of the things that have a problem. Right. Yeah. You know? So two different philosophies on how to document the property at those points in time. Move in, move out. You take a picture of everything, whether it's damaged or not. Mm-hmm. Periodic, you just take pictures of the things that have a problem. Yeah. You know? Yeah. One of the other things where we get off is, um, you know, the appliances and taking a picture mm-hmm. of the uh, the model, the serial number information. That's exactly right. Uh, and, and capturing that information to bring back to the manager or the landlord so that way when there's a, a problem with the appliance, you can contact your vendor in advance. <clears throat> this is the, the model, the serial number, and this is the reported problem. They can go out there prepared. They're not always going to have what they need with them, but it, it definitely is going to enable them to go ahead and be prepared and take what they think is wrong with them. Mm. So it's a one-trip service call and not a, a two-trip, which is going to be more expensive. That's right. So. Uh, another real quick, like when y'all take a picture of the AC intake, the, the, the air filter, air filter. Mm-hmm. do y'all notate the size? We do. Because uh, I mean, because that could, you. I mean, just... We're here in yeah. the conference with everyone else that we've probably had a podcast with or have planned to. Yeah. Uh, I mean, so we've got, you've got filter easy. Imagine, uh, you, you know, you, you work both of y'all into the same right. lease and components yeah. into your property management or however you're utilizing the management of property. You guys take the picture, so y'all come up with the number that goes to your filter easy yeah, you or your, that your portal. Right. That, yeah. Boom. And we, we take a picture of the front, the back, picture of the size by which we have written the date, pros, okay. and our initials. Wow. So you know the date that we were there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you have that on every house. Uh, and we, we work really beautifully with Filter Easy because okay. we're going to give you the sizes of all your filters, so yeah. that takes all the headache out of that for you having to collect your sizes on your properties. Yeah. In addition to that, when we're going out there every six months and taking photos, you're making sure that the filters that they're sending to the front door are actually getting yeah. installed. To right. Mark's point where we're initialing and dating the filters, we're we're showing when did these get in, you know, because sometimes, and this is not often, but sometimes you go to a property and you'll find a stack of filter easy filters in the closet. That's insane. That they're just not putting them in. I'll, I'll, I'll tell one That just more. seems like complete negligence because oh, it's right. To, it just, is. hey, here, you don't have to do any, just put, just it, put it in. Just put it in. That's it. Just put it in. That's it. it. That, that, so, is, that is a different kind of like, I don't like this property. Clearly, <laughs> I I have yeah. something against I get, that AC. I get all the time. I, I don't I don't know where it goes. Yeah. Well, I, I'm going to tell you a story that this yeah. is this is actually something that happened to Mark. Well, Georgia, they're in the air handlers a lot of times. Yeah. In the attic, you know? So Mark one time gets to a property, and of course that's a big part of what we do is we document the the air filter. Yeah. So as opposed to us just hunting around trying to find it. Usually our technicians will start by saying, hey, can you tell me where your air filter is? That way we just go right to it. <laughs> Tenant looks at him and goes, I don't know. And Mark said, oh, does your does your property manager come and change it for you or something? And he's like, I, I, don't, I don't think so. And Mark said, how long have you lived here? He said, seven years. Oh, no. <laughs> Guys. It was eight. Uh-oh. Eight years. It was, eight okay. years. was he, that AC smoking out back like... <laughs> <laughs> Handler was in the garage. And much like if he broke a sweat the moment he walked in. The I oh um, <laughs> right. well, the, the the air handler was in the garage. The air filter was inside the air handler. Pulled it out, held the air filter up. There was no uh, fiber. Uh, it was all just fiber. cardboard. There was nothing in, in the in the uh, in the center. It was gone. And uh, oh, it's uh, still so, there. It's just on the coil. Right. That's exactly. Right. Yeah. Well, Mark Mark calls me leaving this property. He's like, "You're never going to believe what just happened." I said, "Mark, please turn your car around." And go back to that property and document the the manufacturer of that HVAC because if it can because that should be everyone's filter, that's what I want in my house. Yeah. Right? You know? yeah. Yeah. But so. those are the things that you've got to get on the properties. You've got to check to make sure your tenants are doing their jobs because that 
fortunately in that case, I mean, how in the world that, that HVAC lasted for eight years like that, I don't yeah, know. But those are the things that can cost you a lot of unnecessary money mm-hmm. that you can prevent by being on the property every six months and yeah. making sure that, that yeah, those things are Yeah, worst case done. scenario, the, wor- the longest you go is six months. That's right. Especially you guys are documenting when you were there last. That's exactly so right. So we see the date. And it's like, so well. often we'll get there, pull the filter yeah. out, and it has a pros date from, from the, the last. Year. Oh, that's cool. Wow. Yes. That's right. Wow. That's hilarious. That's so y'all become air filter that's right technicians well, yeah and we actually, switch them out we do we we can for for a, an additional charge we yeah. can switch it while we're there yeah uh, and then we charge the the property manager or the landlord and they charge the tenant because it was yeah. the tenant's responsibility might as well had, uh, you can add smoke detectors smoke alarms door air stops. filters door stops yeah. co alarms yeah. yeah wait back up let's talk about that for about five minutes <laughs> all right so you go to a property you find these issues mm. um, and you have a, a deal with the, the property manager, the homeowner, right. whoever's sending you guys out there to do this. And, and, and you've been told, hey, when you get out there, mm. can y'all go ahead and just handle all this stuff that you that needs to be handled? Yeah. My, my smoke detectors, if they're out, just go ahead and do it and then just check it off. And you just yeah. get to charge that back to the tenant? Yeah, and y'all well, guys have we, it? Yeah. So what we do is is we have an agreement with each of our clients sure. that they opt in or opt out. And so they say, hey, if you find a smoke alarm that's missing, not functional, you know, whatever. Out of date. Out of date. Yeah. Do you want us to replace it or do you want us to doc- to document it and let you deal with it later? You know, most of our clients say, hey, I don't want that liability. I want it fixed before you leave the property. Yeah. Um, so that we, saves an extra trip from a maintenance coordinator or whoever right. else. Who's to say, that. you know. Heaven forbid there's a fire that night or yeah. whatever. Or know. in the next month that right. it actually takes you to schedule That's again true. with the tech with the tenant, get back out there and get it remedied, yeah. right? So they can opt into those things. Our technicians carry, you know, we don't do a lot of maintenance things, but we do smoke alarms, air filters, door stops, uh, CO alarms, those kind of things. Just some simple things that we can remedy while we're at the property. We bill the property manager. The property manager then passes the charge on to the tenant. Many of them upcharge it. Uh, yeah. for a, a handling fee because they have to go through this. The sure. tenant was responsible for it, didn't take care of it. Yeah. You know, uh, now the smoke alarms, you'd pass that on to the to the homeowner, uh, homeowner if, if you're not the homeowner. Mm-hmm. But it's all about knowing, you know, a, a lot of our, our clients are depending on us to make sure because they don't necessarily know where smoke alarms are supposed to be yeah. by, by management code. So we go into a bedroom where one's required by code. It's different state to state. Mm-hmm. But if it's required by code and it's not there, <clears throat> they'd opt it in. We're going to live with one in every bedroom, and now you're safe, you're legally yeah. compliant. You know, if there's, we found air filter or uh, uh, smoke alarms that are 30, 30 years old. Of course. You know, that's a huge legal that's liability. Yeah. You know, we can take care of that before we leave. And At that tenant, point, it's just a wall decoration. That's right. And yeah. the tenant knows we're coming, yeah. they know what we're checking. So when they tell my technician, oh, I'm going to change that filter when you leave, I'll go today, it's too late. Yeah. yeah. And it feels like we're beating up on tenants, but. They got it. This is not their home. They need to take care of, of this yeah. house. Yeah. This home. Yep. That's a great point. Good stuff, man. Oh, God. You learned like, something today. I didn't know I did. I learned I, something today, I, too. I'm, I'm just sitting here thinking, like, God, I just, that saves so much time. Like, the, the ability to, to handle all of that without having to go, hey, I saw this. Hey, and then it's that back and forth. Like, exactly what you're talking about. The, Oh, I heard this. I, I think I saw this thing when I was out there last time. I'm just thinking of all the stories that I've heard here. Of like, well, you know, we saw this in just those little, oh, I heard this story. Oh, let me tell you about this. And it's always that same stuff. It takes, you hear one thing, somebody has to go verify mm-hmm. it. The verification happens and somebody else has to get planned to schedule to go out there to do a thing. Six months later, whatever issue it was has been taken care of. That's right. Hey, on-site pros goes out there. Hey, this happened. I know this. It's already been fixed. Here's documentation. Y'all charge whoever you need to charge. I'm gone. Yep. You got it. Yep. Golly. You got it's it. It's a really simple solution, guys. Good work. Thank you. Good to see you guys as always. Absolutely. Appreciate you guys. Thanks for having us on. Uh, These are my Tennessee friends. (laughs) The only only ones you got. (laughs) Go. I'm very selective when it comes to Tennessee friends. (laughs) Absolutely. You only get the best. I get it. We live in peace. We we, we We acknowledge our our submissive relationship to Alabama right now. We understand where we are. So, listeners, if if you have any questions or if you feel the need to... Tell Brian that 
you know, Alabama isn't the best thing that could be existing. <laughs> or if you just want to say, hey, by the way, also Roll Tide, go Vols, War Eagle, whatever. Anyways, email us at all podcast. Of, all of your South Carolina Clemson listeners are, are about to start writing in just <laughs> to make okay. sure hey, hey, knows, you know. Look, all of you people that aren't in the SEC, we're sorry. Y'all just not as good. <laughs> No, we, Anyways, I, I think our <clears throat> listener count just went down. Thank you, Jonathan. No, 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 no. <laughs> let's, no. Let's take a moment and think. No, about what it, it is thank is thank God for college football. Yeah, <laughs> what we're gonna have, we're gonna have these like, it's here. We're gonna have these ACC fans being like, uh, excuse me, Clemson, hey, we're over Clemson, here. hey. Hey, who won that last national championship? Who, who won that last one? ACC. Yeah. We, we have that one team that's good. We, we have that one. <laughs> well, join us again next week, everybody. If you have any questions, email us at podcast at ahiproperties.com. Thank you so much, and we will... Uh, yeah, absolutely. We'll talk to you again soon, and we'll come up with a tagline to finish this up about hitting your head on a door frame or something eventually. Thank you so much. Hey guys, Brian and Jonathan here. Today we want to tell you about one of our preferred partners, Rootstock. So what if there was an investing platform that allowed you to collect passive income and generate average annualized returns of over 8% in markets across the US, not just the ones in your backyard? With Rootstock.com, you can buy, sell, and own investment properties the way the pros do it and start earning passive income right away. So don't wait. Reach out to them today and get started on Rootstock.com. As property managers, property condition reports are a vital part of what we do. But who has the time to do them well? And who can afford to hire a professional to do it for them? Let us show you how. Join OnSite Pros, a national third-party property reporting company, on February the 19th from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. for a free Lunch and Learn workshop. For more information and to learn how to register, visit eventbrite.com and search OnSite Pros. The songs Lobby Time, Retro Future Clean, and Rocket Power were created by Kevin McLeod of Incomputech.com, licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0. Visit creativecommons.org licenses by 3.0 on the web.